Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. This week on The Kindness Project, we talk about his coming home, silly jokes, and we have part one of our interview with Sue Fishpool from Akiro. Good afternoon, evening, morning, welcome to The Kindness Project. I am joined by Akiro, who is excited it's coming home. That's it's so- coming home! That's Sophie Dames, and Akiro, who is a bit ambivalent about it coming home or not. Is it coming home? Is it really coming home, though? Cynical! How can you be cynical about it possibly potentially coming home? I'm it's already home. home somewhere. I don't need anything else to come home. <laughs> yeah, don't come home because you'll crowd my house and I want my space. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is, we are recording this on the 11th of July. Um, your dear listener know whether it's come home or not and where it's come home to. Uh, we are, of course, talking about um, the uh, European final uh, where England is playing. No, really, Italy. I thought we were talking women's tennis. Oh, it might be. It might be. Is Wim- Wimbledon on? Women's tennis is done, men's tennis is still going. Yeah, see. Um, so we're in a position where um, either England will bring it home, um, uh, much or to Italy. the annoyance, or much to the annoyance of Charlotte because she'll uh, she'll not appreciate uh, it crowding the space in her house. Um, they're not going to bring it home to your bedroom, are they? No, but they might bring it home to my living room, are <laughs> they? Um, just imagine you turn up from college and suddenly the European I'm Cups... I've with college now for the year until well, September. Just imagine you turning up um, from being out and suddenly the European Cup sitting in your front room. That would be strange, wouldn't it? And then Why like would you do it? Melt it down for scraps? The no, whole football it. team. You'd, yeah, all the football team would uh, come around for a cup of tea. Yeah. Um, to your college specifically. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't be there, would I? No. They wouldn't go to her college, would they? Anyway, it may be coming home, it may not. Um, but we will see how we get on. And um, do you want to do my intro? Oh, yeah. Uh, and I'm talking to a man who seems to have a drink every time he th- even remotely thinks it's coming home. It's Chris Day. I have, I have, I mean, I, I must admit, it has been. A weird few weeks, and I do need a bit of a detox once tonight's done because um, uh, I have been celebrating the potential that it might be coming home quite a lot. Weirdly, with Peroni, um, which is an Italian uh, lager, so I don't know, I don't know what I'm going to be doing after that. Um, Peroni, if there's anybody from Peroni listening, um, we're not, we're not, we're not embarrassed, Peroni. We'd like you to uh, potentially sponsor the Kindness Project by just sending us beer. Would that be? Yeah, I don't drink. Right? All right, okay. What would you like? Iron brew. Yeah. Okay. No, if you, that's from Scotland, though. If you if you send me Peroni and Charlotte Iron brew, then would you have done? What would I you bet, like? Um, um, some paraffin. Yeah. <laughs> what would you like, Sophie? Two tons of iron brew. Two. Oh, you want more iron brew? I'm three tons. Okay, of iron if, if we keep this going, we will have enough iron brew. To create the sun, and when we have enough iron brew to create the sun, we will have enough iron brew to actually create iron. What's the likelihood of that happening? <laughs> Very unlikely. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, so, um, I... Sure, the sun wouldn't even fit in our back garden. I, 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 I don't know whether you should stop drinking iron brew, you two, because clearly the sugar is going to your head. No, no, this um, is actually a thing. I got I got bored and Wikipedia'd it. How much iron is in iron no brew? No sugar iron. Um, no, no sugar iron brew, fair enough. Okay, so um, let's move on to today's question of the podcast. And today's question of the podcast is, what's your favourite silly joke? Oh. 
Um, now, I know, Sophie, you've got an amazing joke you told me the other day. Can you remember what it is? What, what, no, what day? Um, no. Thursday. I, I can't remember. No, it was a good... What was it? This one? I can't remember what it is. Oh, um... Was it? Uh, why, why, I, 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 I do know. Was it the Alexa talking this? No, no, no. Do you remember that joke? Wait, what was it? Oh, right, I'm going to oh, oh. Yeah, right, I'm going to tell the joke. Um, there was a robber um, <coughs> robbing the streets and he used to put bricks in people's washing machines. Then... The police are searching for him. They found him in an alleyway. They found out his name was Cal. The people in my street were singing, Washing machines live longer with cow gone. <laughs> I really thought you were talking about the wider, wider graveyards need fences because people are dying to get in. Okay, that's not bad. <laughs> that's not a bad joke. I mean, my favourite silly joke is so simple. Uh, what do you call a three-legged donkey? A wonky. You know, I thought it was the classics be... are the best, don't they? I, I thought it was going to be that little poem about the sardine, but okay. What, a baby sardine? Saw his first submarine and he l- took a look through the people. Come, 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 said the sardines. Mum, it's only a tin full of people. Amazing. Spike Milligan at his best. Um, apart from the one where he's, there's a wo- woman drowning in the lake. That is absolute genius, but I can't remember all the words what, for the, that. the man who's drowning um, uh, the man who's drowning and the man who's sick. Um, but yeah, uh, that that apart is, from that, the fire in my flat has been a pretty good day. Yeah, that that <laughs> is Spike Milligan was uh, a genius when it comes to nonsensical poems. Yeah, I told you I was ill. Um, anyway, uh, Spike Milligan, R.I.P. We miss you. Um, anyway. We believed in you. Tell, uh, tell our audience where they can get in touch with um, their favourite silly joke of choice. Uh, so we have Twitter. It's at Ola Kindness. We have Facebook. Just put the Kindness Project into the search bar. We should come up. And if we don't, why not? Um, we will... Um, I don't know. We will, we will rock you. I was going to say take legal action, but We okay. will, we will take sue you. <laughs> take legal action. We will, we will get extremely litigious because we like that. <laughs> we will, we will get really mad. <laughs> Maybe. We will, we will page. turn into the Hulk. <laughs> we will, we will. Sorry. <laughs> we will, we will get stopped for copyright infringement. We, will, I, I think no, actually, I think you're allowed we, to sing. We, we might, we might murder. <laughs> <laughs> no, we won't. We're not going to murder anybody. We will, we not when we want to accomplish our goals. Get sued for copyright infringement. Sorry, Queen. Anyway, <laughs> tell everybody where they can get in touch. Um, so we have a website which is www.thekindnessbrook.co.uk. But if you just type it into the Google bar, Google what revolutionary thing, uh, and it should come up as the top thing and if it doesn't um someone's getting sued anyway it's not the point <laughs> we will we will sue you <laughs> uh, and we also have an email on the kindness.co.uk but all of that information should be on our website anyway as well as a lot of our episodes and more well, information not only a lot all you know nearly 200 episodes are on now so we are doing amazingly well um <laughs> Loads of <laughs> high five and then a clap. Loads and loads of hours and hours of um, great interviews. Uh, and my voice. A little, a little bit of banter every now and again. Banter. Um, uh, 
but yeah, it's just bants, isn't it, mate? It's just bants. Yeah, it's just it's just all bants. Um, so feel free to um, take a look at the website, take a look at the interviews. Um, loads of it, people talking about the amazing stuff they do in the world. All at www.thekindnessproject. We will we will be at .co.uk. No, you're just right. confusing people now. Yeah, exactly. Just confusing people um, now. Just people put way, 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 way in the search Right, find us on the web. We can, you can do that. And on that note, should we uh, get on the show? Let's do it. <clears throat> so this week we have an amazing interview with Sue Fishpool, who is the uh, fundraising manager over at Acuro. Uh, they support people with disabilities in West Essex. They do amazing work over at Acuro, and Sue tells us all about it in this first part mm-hmm. of the interview. Would yep. you like to listen? Let's do it. Hi, Sue. Thanks for joining us on The Kindness Project. Oh, hello, and thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. You're more than welcome. Um, how's your day going so far? Not too bad. Um, it's not a lovely day, is it? It's a rainy, grey. If you landed, if you were a Martian, you'd probably think it was October, but hey-ho. But, <laughs> yeah. No, going well, thank you. Good, good. And um, we had a um, we had a conversation offline about technology. We did. Um, and help me, help me understand what was your first technological bit of kit. What was the first bit that you thought, wow, this is like... Oh, a Walkman, Chris. Oh. I had a Walkman and I absolutely loved it. And I mean, you know, it was the fact that I could get this little thing in my pocket and yeah. I could, you know, walk about with, you know, Duran Duran it was in those days. And Duran Yeah, I just thought it was fantastic. And the fact that you could then make your own mixtape. I mean, hours, hours spent in a bedroom doing that. The problem, the problem with that, Sue, is my one always had the DJ at the end of the radio <laughs> on, on every song that I put on there. Do you remember that? Because oh, you had yeah. to just you had to well, stop well, it you, at the right you, time. You did, and you were trying to record it on the charts, and you never know which song they're going to cut short because they've got a, they've got a time frame, haven't they? And yeah. you know when you're having to do the record and play buttons at the same time, and if that exactly. went a bit wrong, but it was a lot of fun, and it kept you busy as well. Yeah. It was something I, to you know do, wasn't it? I'm, I mean, I mean, I. I I, I I love my Walkman. I you know what I just I love my Walkman. And and I mean I'm I'm a Spotify man now. I really like yeah. the fact that I can just sort of um but I still go back to the music of my youth. Oh, yeah. Oh, Do you know totally. what I mean? I'm still yeah. in that like sort of um I I I tell you what I was listening to this morning before I went to the gym, Billy Ocean. I haven't listened to him <laughs> for years. And he's like, he's the got, stone, yeah. I know, I, I know, yeah. I know. He's, he's got some really good tracks, Billy Ocean. I, I really... think the thing with the Spotify playlists is that if you you just pull up one of theirs that are pre-mixed, and because it's like a vibe that you're going for, every now and then there'll be a real blast from the past. Yeah, and it's yeah. brilliant. And you'll be, I mean, I often listen to music if I'm cooking or working out or doing whatever, and you, I sometimes have to stop and just go. Oh look, you know, and it brings back memories of where you were. It is lovely. Right. Music is we'll, very emotional. I mean, we'll talk about the charity in a minute, but let me share a Spotify <laughs> tip with you, okay? Uh, and and again, we were talking before the podcast about how we learned about technology um, from our kids. Yeah. So Charlotte said to me, um, "Dad, this was a couple of months ago now. Dad, what's on your discovery playlist?" And I was like, "What's the discovery playlist?" Um, she went, well, what Spotify do 
is every time you play a song, they're thinking about what song you're playing. And um, every week they provide you with songs that they think you might like. Yeah. So I thought, okay, I'll give that a go. And it's amazing because it's, you know, it's, it's modern and sort of retro. retro. I, I, I don't know if that's the right word. But no, retro it is songs. in my brain. I get what you mean. <laughs> yeah, modern and retro songs that, that you go, yes, that's going on one yeah. of my permanent playlists. I, re- yeah. I really like that. What are you listening to most at the minute? Well, my son um, constantly plays the Foo Fighters new album and I like the Foos, I must admit. I'm a big fan. So that's just kind of our background white noise really that's going on permanently but anything any it's usually not so much an artist but more of a vibe that I would like to listen to there are a lot of sort of you know the like um lazy Sunday morning type playlists on Spotify I like those because it's it's not like really hard stuff but it's really yeah it's mellow and I enjoy that I must well I, I get in trouble with my apps because I've got a Sunday jazz playlist that I like yeah, to play nice. on Sunday mornings and um, yeah. nobody else in my house likes it. So yeah, I, I'm, I get, I'm like that, actually, with Classic FM. I'll stick that on mm. or, you know, one of those stations. That, that's like a sort of visual reading or doing <laughs> yeah. something else. You want a bit of background noise. Yeah, yeah, cooking, that kind of thing. And um, we've con- yeah. And we've confirmed as well that you cannot listen officially to the Kindness Project and do something else productive. No, it just no, doesn't happen. You, you have to listen. Just, you know, <laughs> just, be, just listen. You could probably jo- go for a walk or go for a run yeah. and pop it on. But no, certainly not do anything like write an email because then you start writing what the person on the podcast is you, saying. And you definitely don't want to do that because because Duran Duran or the Food Fighters will end up in there, won't it? That's the challenge you've got. <laughs> So, um, uh, tell us a little bit about you before we start talking about Akira. So, I'm I'm Sue, Sue Fishpool, and I I am a fundraising manager at Akira. Um, But my background um, comes from hospitality, to be honest. Um, For 22 years, my husband and I run a restaurant in Bishop Stalkford, and that is really where the majority of my working life has been, um, which was great, and obviously had a lot of experience on things like events and, you know, working with with customers with clients and trying to make sure that their experience was the best that you could deliver um you know and some always having that attitude of if you've got a a challenge then you've got to work towards a customer leaving your establishment in a better place than they came in um we did a lot of that side catering as well and I really enjoyed that because I, I like events um and I just like meeting people. And yeah. when you go into someone's home, there's kind of a different type of relationship because actually they're hosting you as a supplier. Um, and it, it's some people that we've we've been working with on answer catering that so you could call friends now. So it's a really nice yeah. way of working with the public. Um, but I had a um, I actually got breast cancer about seven years ago, and I was really helped with um, charities at the time to be able to manage, you know, your emotions and where you are and to be able to give more to your family to help them to cope with what you're going through. And I just thought, you know what, I, this is what I want to do. I want to yeah. be able to work with with a charity. And I thought, what what is it that I can do? And I, you know, I'm I'm an eventer, really. I, I do events, and I eventually um, found a place in a charity working as a community fundraiser, and that's I've gone from there. So that's how I've progressed my career. Um, 
I really like working in a smaller community, so more of a local or yeah. um, small regional operation rather yeah. than national. Um, I've worked for all sorts. I have worked for national charity. I've worked for regional and very small local charities. But I think because of the network that I developed when I was working with my husband at the restaurant, that's actually given me a really good base to be able to connect and communicate with people. So that's really why I, I am in the role that I'm in. Um, yes. You know, I've got three children, they're different age ranges, two are in their 20s, one's 13. So busy being a mum as well, as yeah. as we all are. But I like being busy. You know, that thing of, you know, busy people get things done. I do think that is true. So, um, yeah, I really enjoy it. I really enjoy the challenges, the difference every day. You never know who you're going to be talking to from one day to the next. Um, but I'm not going to lie, it's been really tough the last year because of furlough and not being able to do the work that you really are passionate Love. about. Yeah. But also, um, just everything's cancelled. So your normal fundraising streams are non-existent. So there are real challenges for all charities. But yeah, it's been it's been an interesting year for everyone. I think I think it's been. I mean, certainly the charities we've spoke to on the Kindness Project more recently have, have found the last year a struggle. Um, and we've done what we can because well, over the over lockdown one, we did all the Kindness Project. Uh, live, we did it live on Facebook throughout, just supporting those charities. But as you say, you know, if events are the main driver of the revenue from those charities, and the events just can't happen, how do you how do you make up that shortfall? So we'll 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 certainly talk a, a little bit about that. So um, uh, before we talk about Akiro, tell me about tell me about the kids. So I've got a um, soon-to-be 27-year-old, my son. Um, I have a daughter who is going to be 24 very soon. They're both, their birthdays are very close. She's getting married in a couple of weeks. Oh. Um, so there's, you know, a little bit of work doing. <laughs> Who would like to be busy, but yeah, that's that's quite um quite a busy time. And then my you say daughter, you like to be busy, so oh, but yeah. there is that there Pile is a thing odd. called over busy, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is, it, it is. I mean, it's lovely. It's wonderful, isn't it? When your, your children um, want to get married and, and there's a celebration, but obviously it's a different kind of celebration from the one that we anticipated having because yeah. there are COVID restrictions, but it will still be wonderful. But there is a lot to do. I can't yeah, deny yeah, it. Yeah. Um, and then my youngest is 13. So we have got a gap of 10 years in between the older two and the youngest one, which is our little gift from God. So Well, well I mean, we, we're similar with Sophie, actually. So we we didn't think we could have any more um, kids when Charlotte was uh, born. Um, and uh, I, I, I've told this story in the podcast before, but it is one of my favourites, so I, I won't apologise for telling it again. Um, apologies, listeners. Um, but um, when um, the year before Sophie was born, um, Charlotte, we said to Charlotte, what do you want for Christmas, right? Um, and she said, I want a little sister. And we said, never going to happen. You know, don't, you know, that, that's, you set the expectations. It's not going to happen. You know, that, that, that's, that's it. Really sorry. It's just, it's just not. And how old was Charlotte? How old Charlotte was, was eight. Okay. Yeah. Um, only child. We thought that was our family at the point. Yeah. Um, uh, then um, uh, the next year, well, within like a couple of months, we find out that Sophie's coming along. Um, and, uh, uh, Stanford was born part of the family stuff like that so next Christmas comes along and Charlotte says um uh dad you know what I really want for Christmas this year 
I want a dog. <laughs> and I said, never going to happen. Not going, never in a million years. We're not going to do it. We're not getting a dog. I know, Dad. But you said that about the sister. <laughs> and now we've got a dog. <laughs> well so, done. <laughs> so I'm really, I'm really not good at this sort of setting boundaries <laughs> stuff. Clearly. Oh, but how lovely though! How lovely for her to have her sister. It is, it is it's, it's they've got a really good relationship. Yeah, I mean, I think the cat. I mean, I, I don't know about your t- your three, but I think the cat has. Um, you know, there, there's a there's a bit there's a bit of a maternal thing between them because Charlotte really you know is is big sister and and yeah. and, and 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 that's and thankfully we've never Charlotte's not the typical teenager but we've never had that you know um, Charlotte feeling that she's Sophie's encroaching on her space or anything like that they have got a really really good relationship um, uh, and what. What what they've done is because they're quite geeky, both quite geeky. They just share all their interests, and that's where the the connection lies. How about how about with yours? Oh, they, you know they are close. Um, they are very close. I mean, our middle daughter, um, who's getting married, she actually lives in Brighton, so she's not local now. Yeah. Um, but you know they're in touch often. We do see her. Um, it, it is it is a lovely thing. They are. They do have a lovely relationship, both, um, all of them in their own little, you know, they intermingle in different ways. They're unique relationships within that. You know, it's the same with with my parents and my sister. You have a different bond, don't yeah. you, slightly? But no, it's, it is lovely. And I yeah. think the 10-year um, gap that we have with our youngest and our oldest has actually allowed her to go to different people for advice when she thinks, oh, it's not something I want to talk to mum about, but I'll speak to Ellie about it. Or, you know, so it's, it's great for her. Um, the only thing that it has meant it is that as she has gone through primary and now into secondary school, there are times when she's a bit like an only child in that peer group, but you just make sure she's got friends. But that's been hard for that, I think, that age group lockdown because they've not been able to do the social things that they would normally do. So it's yeah. tough. I mean, so Sophie, Sophie, I think, has, you know, certainly since going back to school, she's really enjoyed just engaging with other kids again and just yeah. getting involved. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, when it comes to homeschooling, Sue, I'm definitely best off leaving it to the professionals. I mean, Cassie, bless her, she did her best. Uh, and I tried to help uh, help as well. But, um, yeah, um, homeschooling was not a... Uh, it was not a roaring success, if I've been perfectly frank. I, I think for if you've got two people that are professionals and you've got two or three children that are at primary age, it must have been so difficult. You know, you so know what's, difficult. You know what's interesting? So I... Um, we, we during lockdown we did a, a a bunch of interviews for the my business my financial planning business Velo um, and we we uh, I, I, I was deciding who to interview for the business of for the for these videos and I know the lady who got um, who got nominated as the um, financial education teacher of the year last year. Oh, wow, yeah. Um, and so I sort of said, look, come on, we'll have a chat about yeah. financial education in schools because we do we do some work supporting a classroom of kids every year through a financial education program. So it'd be an interesting conversation about how financial education might work in action and what we can do to help kids learn more about money and stuff like that. So I've got to be perfectly frank about it. My secret motivation was to have a conversation about homeschooling and how to do it right. 
Um, uh, and she came on, and she was. She, we had the sort of the the, the financial education conversation. Uh, I said, right, we've got ten minutes left. Let's just talk about what I need to do for homeschooling. I'm sitting there with my notebook, ready to make sure that I. And she went, um, one tip: don't be too hard on yourself. <laughs> Um, because everybody is trying to struggle through this thing. And she was at home with her kids. And yes. I think, yeah, I think we've just all tried our best, haven't we? Yeah, really? well, absolutely. But that, that fits in lovely with the kindness project, isn't it? Be kind to yourself yeah. about these things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. You do yeah, have sometimes to do that. You need to. Yeah. Step back and go, you know what? I am doing my best and, and it, it is good enough. It has to be because what else can you do? So, yeah. yeah. 100%. So tell, <laughs> tell me a little bit about Akira and, and the work they do. So Acuro is, um, the full name is Acuro Care Services, and our offices are actually just off Junction 8 on the M11, so very near to Bishop Stortford, in between Stortford and Takeley. But our services um, are for people with a disability in West Essex. So we are in Ottersford, Harlow, and in Epping Forest. So if you were looking on a map, you'd be looking at sort of Saffron Walden, up the M11, um, and then going down towards Loughton. And we also go out towards Dunmo. So it's very much an M11 corridor. Um, and what Acuro's aim is to do is, is to eliminate social isolation for people with a disability. Um, but what that really translates into is to empower people with a disability and to give them the tools to be able to feel that they are okay and that, that they are confident in themselves and who they are and to give them the ability to be who they are to be able to then go out and into the wider world really and to be able to thrive so our clubs that we run and there's all sorts of different clubs different age groups and all sorts of different things that we do are very much based on sort of a social um, thing where you're having fun and you're giving everybody that comes here, every member the space and the time to be able to be who they really are so for example I mean I've got a quote here from one of our parents and she has a son who's called Liam and he's 15 um, and she says before Liam joined Acuro he wouldn't associate with other children and failed to fit in at his Acuro club Liam has understood it's okay to be different and he really fits in and is no, no longer so isolated he's gone from being such a sad boy to a happy child asking oh, to go to club it. each week so he was a child who was in school understood that he was different from other people didn't understand why he was different he has autism among other things but he was in a mainstream school so there wasn't really any um or there was enough really support for him within that environment for him to be able to be who he really, really was but at Akira he's been able to understand this is okay I'm me and I'm good and this is fine so that's that's really um what, what we're looking at in terms of success stories but also we are trying to give our members the opportunity to have this support through life so when they join we also have our adult schemes as well and it's it's about friendship you know how we all need to have friendships we all need to not feel lonely we all need to be part we are social animals by default aren't we it's about community as well isn't it and having mm. having a yeah. friends around you who can support you who who are like you and 
that you relate to, isn't it? It's about who you can relate to and how you feel comfortable in that. I mean, did you know that people with a learning disability are seven times more likely to feel lonely than the general population? That MENCAP have, have pulled those stats in. So, and that's just a fact. And that was before COVID. So it's got worse now. So it, it, as you say, it's important to give people the place where they feel they can be themselves. And what, give me an idea of some of the activities you run. What, what have so we have youth clubs um, and we also have um, what I could call, oh, it's called our Saturday Play Scheme, which is, it's a bit like a youth club for a slightly younger group. And we also have our Adult Friendship Scheme. And they really are activity driven, but they're, the, the activities are very democratic. So you would be giving um, the people that join those groups the opportunity to choose the kinds of activities that they'd like to do. So you're always trying to keep it led by your your members really um, and you'll be doing activities that mean that there is teamwork in that you're building on but you are able to do that within um, the environment that is safe so that if you do have a member that is like no I really I can't engage with that today today is not a good day that's fine because they're able to go and do another activity that's going to suit them better so everything you do is going to be focused on that moment that you're in um, so you could be doing something crafting you might be going out for a nature walk you might be with some of our older um teenagers taking them out for a coffee or a meal to introduce things like paying for your goods none of this has obviously been able to happen recently um, but you're also trying to teach life skills that are going to equip them with the confidence to be outside in in a wider environment as well and and do you is it is it is it both physical and mental, um, mental issue, disabilities you work with? Or is it, it is, yes. We do have some wheelchair users. And the majority, I have to say, of our members have a learning disability. And yeah, that can be amongst a lot of other diagnoses as well. So it's some complicated um, diagnoses that we have. Yeah. But the majority would be um, a form of a learning disability. But we, we do have other people that come in and use us that are they're in a wheelchair. So it's, it's also... The things like respite for parents that is part of what we do um, so you may have um, a family that for example have got siblings they've got two or three children and they need to take one of the children to on a Saturday to a football game that, and it's never accessible for a child in a wheelchair it's just so hard yeah, yeah. So actually yeah. they come to us for four hours have a great time at club and making all their friends the other part of the family is able to do that activity and then they come together um, yeah. and it helps and everybody about those experiences yeah, yeah, yeah and it helps everybody so when you think about who do we help there is a much wider community that we help as well so it, it's like what you said before when you were talking about a testimonial from the from the from mm. the was it a mum wasn't it um yeah, yeah. And, and 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 you know happier kids we know from our families happier kids mean you're happier aren't yeah. they you know, like if, yeah yeah you know. well, usha actually when i was listening to a couple of podcasts usha the other week said we want the world to be right for your babies and that is really what this is all about you want you want you've you've got a child who has got a disability of some sort but that doesn't matter you still that child has got every right to be able to make their own decisions fit it, you know so it's it's about giving that family and that that child the confidence to become who they should be and they have superpowers as well and it's being able to it's amazing it, you know it's so it, we do need to um be 
Okay, think so about it in the right way. So it is two questions then. So I agree. <laughs> I I agree with you. Not at the same time because I, 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 I we've already had a conversation about multitasking soon. We don't want to confuse it too much, do we? Let's be honest. Um, but that's. I, I mean, I'm not good at it either. So we'll do one at a time. I've thought about two questions, but we do one at a time. Number one, okay, is how do we change our society so we're better at understanding that a learning disability isn't always a disability a learning disability might just be an opportunity for somebody to thrive in a particular environment let's take um autism as an example and there are some autistic people who are amazingly mathematical aren't there and analytical so how do we how do we get better at learning those skills i I think we have to understand at the beginning of of a relationship with somebody who has a learning disability say has autism you've got to be you have to listen you've got to slow down what you are trying to do and you have to listen to the other person and you have to have the patience to take on and understand I mean it's like anybody who goes into a role so you're going into an office role um, and you're going into an environment that's new and different as you embed in that role and you start to understand the relationships within the office you know we we can change who we are we become more comfortable and we are who we really are if we don't give somebody who has autism the opportunity to be who they are and to to be able to do their their own learning and the way that they um are going to their outputs in terms of their work how they actually do that until we learn what they're best at so anyone what is your best skill set so okay you're really good you are really good at talking to customers that means you're going to be on the phone and talking that you're going to be a front-facing person I think so many people that I've met that have autism because they are incredibly um, analytical and incredibly organized and in terms of being something like a virtual assistant or a PA or something of that nature just completely brilliant absolutely brilliant but you need to understand that and take time to actually find out what those skills are and where yeah. get over the best. stigma and yeah. just have a just, really open just just be patient mm. yeah and just listen i mean that that's why russell runs his podcast too because frankly the only thing i'm good at is thinking and talking russ is russ is infinitely better organized than me so that was the first part of the interview with sue um amazing insight in terms of her and the work she does uh shall we crack on the show let's do it tis the end tis the end what did i just say about being my time to shine sorry <laughs> um okay so last week's question of the day was what day. does question of the podcast uh for, for today um and as we're on a momentous sunday today it's a great question to answer what does your idea of a sunday look like sophie you weren't on last week's question of the uh, podcast so what does your sunday look like apart from playing with a fish tank that looks more like a moss tank um algae uh, algae tank so what's your idea of sunday look like it's got led lights um lego <laughs> Well, I thought it I like might... playing with Lego and reading books about politics. <laughs> you are reading telling me about books. It's a very political book, and I don't know why I chose it. I didn't read the thing at the back of Blurb. Are you enjoying it, though? I didn't read the blurb at the back. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. You're enjoying it. So you've got a weird combination of, for a nine-year-old, reading books about um, Syria and... Um, 
trampolining in the back garden in your knickers. Um, <laughs> so quite a quite a carefree good, life. Quite a carefree life. I read this book on really intense politics and just go for a trampoline with my pants on. Um, go for a pants with my pants on. Um, through the sprinkler. Yeah, um, all good. Um, is that what? Is that what that does at the top there? Is that a sprinkler you've attached to the yeah. trampoline? You're choking. Has it worked? I think so. No. Oh, right, okay. Not yet. Not yet. It'll get there. So let's uh, hear I about... I attach it to the hose. Let's hear about what our uh, connections um, and contacts and listeners all like to do on a Sunday. Mike Christy likes um, a... Uh, uh, a swim and a little bit of the Euros. Um, so today should be a good day for Mike. Gloria Mollin said, healthy breakfast, working out and chilling in the garden. Sean Acton said, I love a bike ride out into Essex. Sam Chilton said, um, the when she commented, she'd just done her first ever mud race, um, and then she's checking for bruises because a mud nice. race apparently is a is, hardcore. is quite hardcore. Joshua said, uh, church, um, and bringing anyone who is willing to uh, come to church along, socializing, and a good movie date with my wife. And McCann, she just sent us a picture of his cat. Oh, so, what so I a think, sweetheart! I think cuddling with his cat is Tired. the way to go. Um, Desmond Barker said church and a day of rest and David Fulsdyke said lie-in, church service, coffee, roast dinner, a round of golf, cheeky pine, F1 highlights, movie bed, pretty busy day. Um, and then uh, in the afternoon, I, uh, um, Sarah Robinson said family nature, a roast, a glass of red wine, finish off with a family movie. Oh, that's so nice. that, they all sound like, um, if that floats your boat, pretty amazing um, days out so that's it for another episode of the podcast um, we will see you next week <laughs> bye, bye. bye.